To the state of Texas we go, where the Dallas Cowboys have traded for Brandon Cooks, another veteran added via trade to that football team. What does that look like now for the Cowboys in the NFC East heading into 2023? And Laramie Tunsil, again, for the second time in his career, becomes the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL. On today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of PNW is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Well, this is definitely the game for you. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to the Dallas Cowboys. We go, Matt. Brandon Cooks for, look, by the way, congratulations to Brandon Cooks for an NFL record fourth (laughs) time being traded and and not in a very long time span either. Right, right. Old player. He's not 35, 40 years old either. Um, Pretty remarkable that teams like him enough to continue to trade for him. Now that trade, um, that trade value that he's commanding is, is kind of lessened since he went from, you know, the, the saints at the, at the beginning and uh, has bounced around now to multiple football teams, the Texans, and now the Dallas Cowboys. So do you know, Matt, who the other player that he has tied the NFL record for the times being traded? Not a clue. Wow. I can't believe that there's somebody in contention four times. He tied Eric Dickerson. And wow. Was, with the Raiders. Yeah. Colts. I, I could not. I remember Rams, Colts, but I couldn't remember anybody else for Dickerson at the. I end remember end of career Raiders, but I don't really? have the last one off the top of my head. Interesting. Okay. How about so, that? To the listeners out there at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL, drop it in the comments on YouTube. <laughs> Fourth team for Eric Dickerson. Uh, but wow, uh, what, what are the? Uh, they made the trade for uh, Stephon Gilmore, so you know bringing yeah, in some right. veterans. They, they clearly attack needs here, and instead of going out and spending on the free agent market, they spent some you know not high picks to go get some good can help you now absolutely veteran players and Stephon Gilmore now Brandon Cooks to that Cowboys offense so how do we feel about the Dallas Cowboys today versus three weeks ago yeah I'm a a fan of what they did I mean it seems like this market the Jalen Ramsey trade there's other ones that the buyer of the player is getting them cheaper than they used to you know I mean I, I feel like the league has changed you know and Cooks isn't on the Ramsey level he's not even on the Gilmore level in terms of what his value is at this stage of his career but a couple notes. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, this is this is not a bad character guy or an undesirable player that everyone's trying to, you know, one of those stopgap quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield's become or Gardner Minshew where you, you know, rent him for a year and then you try to find somebody better. I, you know, you mentioned earlier, several of those early trades were for first round picks. I mean, like he's a desirable quality. You know, people want him. The Rams wanted him. The Patriots wanted him. Gave good stuff up to get him. So he's had a good career. My hunch is the doctors don't love him. You know, I mean, he's had numerous issues and you feel like he might be one hit away. So I think some teams, Houston's a perfect example of, hey, we're probably not going to win it this year. Let's move on from him and get something while we still can. 
but coaches love them. Game day loves them. You know, the quarterbacks love them. And I felt like Dallas was a weapon away or a weapon short last year, pretty much for the whole season. You know, they got nothing out of James Washington. Gallup was a shell of himself. They drafted Tolbert. He, he did nothing. You know, some, so some of the guys they were looking for is that number two receiver just weren't enough. You know, they flirted with Odell Beckham. It sounds like Odell wants a lot of money. So I think this makes all the sense in the world for Dallas. And then you couple it with Gilmore. These are two successful NFL players that don't have a lot left, but could help you win the Super Bowl. And I think Dallas is aggressively in it to win it and still has some picks to add some youth too. So they're in good shape. I really like where the defense is at. By the way, it was a 2023 fifth round pick. So a fifth this year and then a sixth next year was the okay. trade compensation going to the Texans for Brandon Cooks for the Dallas Cowboys. And yeah, and you could draft the receiver, hope he plugs in, but you really now have what, you know, Gallup is sort of the X factor as a, as a mm-hmm. number three. What's he going to look like? Is his career going to take this, you know, bad turn since the, you know, the, the big injury he had two years ago now and last year kind of didn't look like himself, but maybe he gets his legs back under him and he's the guy too that can be a number two B with Brandon Cooks being a number two A with CD Lamb and Brandon Cooks, you can move him around, could do a lot for your offense, but you can plug him in as a number two. It's not going to cost you a ton for the Cowboys. So I like the move there. You instantly get better. And if you can afford to pay his $12 million salary this year, then uh, then you're pretty much in, in good shape there with Brandon Cooks. And then obviously the Stephon Gilmore move helps as well. Tolbert, mentioned to him you know he's your number four wide receiver year two is a big step so this could be all of a sudden a really good receiving core if you get those step back up those steps up from tolbert last year's rookie and gallup you can even go back into the draft this year too uh but like it for the cowboys they're a better football team stefan gilmore can still play last year of his contract and they're gonna have to figure out you know how to pay um you can't continue to pay him because you got to pay the other guy that you already have and in in digs and you know, probably have to look for that cornerback two of the future, maybe through the draft and 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 restock that way to have that guy ready for next year. But you can really see how the, the team building is going together here for the Cowboys and certainly a better football team. I don't know if you closed the gap yet on the Philadelphia Eagles and where they're at, but the Eagles got worse and the Cowboys got better. So you're closer. Right. Absolutely. And there'll be a little bit of coordinator change there as well. For better or worse, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm still very much a Dak Prescott believer. I know he, he threw too many interceptions. That's not who he's been through his career, though. And then I just double-checked there while you were talking. I mean, they still have a pick in the first, second, third, fourth round. And they don't have a ton of needs. I mean, two of the strongest positions in this class are running back and tight end. They could get a compliment to Pat Pollard. They could get maybe even an upgrade of what they've had at tight end. And that's been a good group, too. You know, maybe sprinkle in an O lineman or a best defensive player available. So they don't have to go any direction right now, and they can kind of let the draft come to them. Schultz is still out there too, right? Yeah, it's a little strange. That is a little strange. He, he clearly he he wasn't a first wave free agent. We're we're into that second wave of free mm-hmm. agency where everyone calls down. You start to see you know some uh, some bargains, know, bargain moves yeah. out there on the free agent market. Guys that thought they were going to get long term deals have to settle. We'll talk about CJ Gardner Johnson leaving the, those Philadelphia Eagles as well here in a minute, and uh, and his signing with the Detroit Lions that I really like for them. Um, so Dalton Schultz, maybe he couldn't, he can still come back. But you're right, great draft for what they need there with you know some uncertainty at those two positions, which are really good in the draft. And who knows, maybe even Bijan Robinson sitting there for him. I mean, I, I was starting to think that too. Like they, this might set up that you take the guy with the highest grade and use Pollard for one year, send him on his way. 
it's a pretty good offense with Bijan thrown in there in the mix, you know? Absolutely. Wow. All right, next. I want to talk to Laramie Tunsil, the yeah. just the path. Think back to draft day for Laramie Tunsil and the path <laughs> know, that he's been right. on to now in his NFL career. Somebody we thought might have been traded away from the Houston Texans. No, got re-upped to another long-term contract in Houston. C.J. Gardner-Johnson signed by the Detroit Lions and many other moves around the NFL. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of being a GM and running your franchise top to bottom and leading your team to glory through multiple seasons and building a historic dynasty in charge of hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, of course, the draft to restock your franchise and build that dynasty from the ground up, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season ultimate football GM is for you. You got to give this game a try. And you've heard us talk about this game for so long, and it's a, it's a fun game, challenging, realistic game format with Ultimate Football GM. And let's see if you can build yourself a dynasty and take on other users as well. Locked on listeners, by the way, get a 100% free boost to their franchise in game when you inside that game store of Ultimate Football GM use promo code Locked On. That's all caps, one word, Locked On in the game store and you'll get a little boost to your franchise, a free boost. So to download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com. Look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Congratulations to Laramie Tunsil for getting a new three-year, $75 million contract. $25 million per year puts him ahead of everybody as far as highly paid left tackles in the NFL, and it's the second time in his career he's done that. And pretty remarkable to to see his path and just a strange start to his NFL career. He got railroaded on draft night. It was a, I think it, it was a jealous ex-girlfriend or something like that that, mm-hmm. that dropped that image, and it got posted all around. And, and just the scramble for teams, clearly it affected where he went in the draft. It ended up falling to number 13 overall to the Miami Dolphins. And he was every bit the player that everybody thought he was before draft day. And it just got the Dolphins uh, a bargain there. And, and they they still pulled the trigger. And everyone's fighting. The, the teams are trying to figure out what's going on. And just the, the optics of him with that gas mask bong that he was wearing, it looked probably a lot more ominous than it was. But teams <laughs> right. had to say, teams had to say, whoa, we've got to at least momentarily put him to the side of our draft board and figure out what's going on here with all this. So uh, unfortunate for Larry Tunsil how that started. He's made good on his NFL career, traded once from Miami for a whole bunch of draft picks to help Miami restock, ends up with the Houston Texans. We thought maybe part of a Texans rebuild. Larry Tunsil's been a part of trade rumors for so long now, but no, it's his home. He signs his second long-term deal a second time in a row, becoming the highest-paid left tackle in the NFL. So Larry Tunsil staying with the Houston Texans, man. See, I love this for Houston. Let's talk about the move in a minute, but I got a question for you. Yeah. So that he was drafted in 2016. So that was what? I just double checked. He was in the 2016 draft. Miami got him much cheaper than they should have. Mm-hmm. That was seven years ago, or I guess eight draft classes ago. And you that was the Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Correct. So, Correct. And he was the sort of, it was very similar to this year where 
uh, he was the top non-quarterback in the draft, but there right, was trades right. up to number one. He didn't go number one and, 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 and fell. And so that's why we drew comparisons when the Jalen Carter stuff came out to the Laramie Tunsil situation because he was kind of in a similar spot where he's maybe the top guy, um, not going to go one, but now where does he fall with his own off-field stuff? But at least teams have time to figure that out with, with Jalen <laughs> Carter where they didn't. It was draft that morning was when this night, happened right. yeah. with Laramie Tunsil. So here's my question to you. I mean, it, not that they all work out, but I've often been citing Randy Moss, Warren Sapp, you know, Tunsil in, in terms of Jalen Carter, like the, some of the best tape in the draft. I mean, awesome Hall of Fame talents, you know, I mean, whether they can get it right on and off the field is always a question. But just in terms of marijuana, you know, that killed Tunsil. I mean, he was in the top five mix. If that came out the day of the draft for Project X this year, do you think it even changes their where they fall at all? Less so. Maybe some teams still, you don't know which owners, which GMs mm -hmm. feel a certain way about a certain thing or if there's yeah, something yeah. else to go with it. Because you never know. Like if you're, oh, we heard something about this guy and, and then there's this on top of it and this on top mm -hmm. of it and not being prepared, you know, being you, – it's like being late to your job interview. If you're late to a job interview, you don't get the job, even if you're the the best, you know, the best mm -hmm. applicant out there. And um, by the way, I've got my gas mask bong right here. I can show it to you. No, I, don't. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm, I'm in the Bay Area, California. We are as liberal as we get. That's kind of why I threw it to stuff. you, right? It's yeah. Not like, yeah, it, it wouldn't be a big deal at all. And look, when you talk about players medicating, what if I, I always think back to this, Justin Smith, one of the great defensive lineman in the NFL. Um, he had a Budweiser tattoo on his arm. I mean, is that worse if someone's like, no, after game day pounds a, a case and a half of beer, or if they're, you know, having some marijuana or the stuff that like, cause this is a lot of times it's, it's medicating, right. And these players mm -hmm. put their bodies on the line and hey, we're getting, let me off. stop you for a minute though. I mean, ibuprofen also works. Way more strong than ibuprofen that these guys are taking to get them <laughs> right, through right. a season, get themselves on the oh, field. And if you're taking those drugs, it's like, Oh, this guy's a gamer and he'll do whatever it takes to get himself <laughs> sure. off the field. But you don't say that about marijuana, you know, you vilify right. for that. So, Clearly now, even since 2016, and definitely like if that and to, to flip it the other way, what if the Laramie Tunsil stuff, what if that happened in 1996? You know? Oh, I don't think he gets drafted. Yeah, he didn't get drafted at all. So right, right, right. definitely the league has come around. The, the world is coming around a little bit uh, on that. And, and I think, you know, some regions probably even more so than others would be like, yeah, whatever. It was just the the contraption, too, was like, is this guy oh, yeah, a fiend so or what? Because <laughs> What is that? It was probably a one-time joke thing. I don't know if that's you know how he does his 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 deal, but um, and uh, it's so clearly marijuana is not what it used to be as far as red yeah. flags go. And at this point, you can expect it from uh, a lot of young guys, just like you could expect some guys to go have um, a beer or a glass of wine with dinner, you know. Of course, or much more—a bottle of Jack. I mean, nobody right, cares. Exactly. <laughs> they have their own issues with a lot of other things too that, right. that might be more harmful. So I'm going to get back to the player, but I, I do think you're right. There is definitely some old school owners that don't see marijuana the same way you and I do, let alone the generations below us, you know, but whatever. Um, I just want to throw that out there because I'm sure there's, I mean, they all know who smokes and who doesn't. And I'm sure a high percentage of the guys coming in the league do or have, you know, or whatever. Well, I don't, I, anyway, right. and are, you, are you putting yourself, uh, are you putting yourself at risk? Do you have a problem with drugs? Mm -hmm. Is it beyond marijuana? Is it other things? Are you trafficking drugs and making money on the side? Like there's, there's a lot of right. things that go along with it. If all you're doing is just, 
smoking or with edibles now. And a lot of times it's right. you just go into a shop on the street corner, just like you can a liquor store uh, and, and grab it, you know, so uh, very different levels of stuff. And it's definitely not the red flag. It, it would be, but there's other things and substance abuse. And, and, you know, there's obviously players that have had problems. So you have to check those things out, but just that by itself, clearly, I, I don't think even teams care about it at all. I don't either. Oh, this, yeah. If the if the if the area scout comes like I heard this guy smokes pot, they would say, "Okay, who cares?" Next thing, you know, yeah, that's uh, not even worth right. The 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 the, the wind coming out of your mouth almost. Yeah, the yeah. ink on the on the scout report <laughs> might be more noteworthy if he hasn't. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, for a college honest. kid, right? Right, exactly. So anyway, tremendous football player. I, I mean, I really think. He's as good as any left tackle not named Trent Williams and is a, easily a top five offensive lineman period right now, basically in his prime. I never understood you know, any of the rumors. It's nothing like Cooks. It's not just dump everything so we can rebuild. You can find receivers that are often injured and are good players, not great. You can't find elite left tackles. You never let them go. I think this is a really good sign that Houston is actually – trying to win and it's a small thing i mean you know jimmy ward better than i do i mean but bringing in a guy like that to counsel up petrie and stingley and you know bring him over with D'Amico ryan's and keeping your best player which is tonsil that shows that hey times have changed here we're trying to win we know we have a long way to go we don't let these guys go so and oh by the way you think the second overall pick's going to be happy that you have a left tackle <laughs> You know what I mean? That's, that's exactly where I was going to go. You're, you're D'Amico yeah. Ryans, and you show up and you start looking at your roster with with GM Nick Casario, and he's like, "You're telling me we have the second best left tackle in the league, and you want to trade him? Yeah, Heck no, we're going to draft. You want me to draft the? You want me to draft a five nine quarterback? <laughs> yeah. the team I just coached had the best left tackle in the league, and that was pretty difficult to go in go against during practice. You know, and oh. so I want that. I want to build a good roster. I want to I want the best team. I don't want to get rid of our good players. He's still a yeah. player that has a, a, a you know can play through this contract. Why would you get rid of that when you could build it? You need more good players. You know, so uh, I love it for the Texans, and I love that they're going in that direction rather than you know and Cooks and. Tunsil, we're talking about two guys that one guy left and one guy didn't. Very mm -hmm. different situations, though, and I think you're right there. And they can build that, you know, that receiving group. And uh, I wouldn't have, you know, a fifth and a sixth round is not a lot. You know, they could have kept Cooks, and I would have thought that would have been fine as well because they're trying to build something there. But Laramie Tunsil, having yourself a stalwart of a left tackle for your rookie quarterback, I think is pretty darn important and worth all the dollars just for helping that development of quarterback. And it was an underreported move, but – they also trade, traded for Shaq Mason, who's an NFL-quality starting guard. Yes. And they drafted Green in the first round last year, too, as a guard. I mean, he had an up-and-down rookie season. But if, if, you got, I mean, if you're going to go draft Bryce Young or whomever, I, mean, I bring up Young because of his size, you know, don't give me a hard time that, oh, he, he's, he, I don't know, his durability issues. Well, you better protect them. I mean, come on here. I mean, let's not double whammy him and say you're small and we're not going to protect you. You're on your own. I mean, how many times have we seen rookie quarterbacks running for their lives and running right. their development? And like, you know, who knows how bad would Sam Darnold never have been that bad? Would David right. Carr have never been a bust originally for the Houston Texans if they could have protected him? Uh, this is probably like a July conversation, <laughs> but I believe anymore that I don't really even care. Like, we're going to do my top five quarterbacks, your top five quarterbacks. I think it's more important where they land than who the, who the names are almost. I, I absolutely believe that. It's so hard, and I wonder. And you see someone like, um, you see someone like Geno Smith. 
who makes good finally at 30 in a stable organization. Like, when would he have played like this for the Jets if they had more around him? You know, Dar- Darnold's uh, a perfect example. Like, he's shown flashes. He's been terrible. But if he'd been the Niners quarterback for 17 games last year, we'd be like, man, Sam Darnold's is like Daniel Jones reviving his career. Right. Daniel Jones. Is <laughs> right. right. Daniel Jones. Is Daniel Jones. You got nothing around you. Bad coaching. You get a great coach that's good with quarterbacks comes in. All of a sudden, oh, look at this career research. Made $40 million because I played one good season because I yeah. had something around me to help me out. So help out your young quarterbacks if you're going to draft them. And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, maybe Ryan Leaf. Would have been a bust no matter where of he course, was. Of course, of course, Jamarcus Russell, you know, or, you know. and uh, and and the Chargers would have won multiple Super Bowls if they drafted Peyton Manning. You know, so it's it's not a hundred percent that the team ruins the player every time, but I think some players do get ruined. Don't ruin no, your no, quarterback no. if you're going to draft one. No, no doubt about it. I mean, if they were all stocks, if these top four guys were all stocks, they would all have different values right now. But I'd be in the stock market the day after the draft, not now. In terms of who am I going to invest my money in? You know what I mean? Absolutely. C.J. Gardner-Johnson is like a Detroit Lion, Matt. Thoughts on that moves and some other moves from the weekend around the NFL next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sports book. It's tournament time. Tourney time is heating up, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line, point scores, threes, drain. And there is a million props and different bets uh, that you can bet on every single game during the NCAA basketball tournament. Of course, NBA playoffs are coming, and I just had my fantasy baseball draft last night. So baseball season, getting pumped for that. It's going to be going every day, all summer long. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. CJ Gardner Johnson, he had to settle for a one year deal. This is a, it's a weird player and a weird market. It's yeah. soft corner and safety because we saw right away, not not even right away, actually. It took a, a couple days for Jesse Bates, but, you know, four years, $16 million per year contract. And he got that, okay, upper echelon guy, going to get paid like an upper echelon guy. Yeah. We've kind of seen and it they're rare. End. Yeah, tight ends and safeties, we're kind of seeing that. Running backs a little bit as well. We're like, okay, there's this other thing. And then nobody else. Like six million is like the most anybody got per year, I think, at at safety. And and with CJ Gardner Johnson, his versatility might work against him in some ways. It's like, how do you pay him? So it's probably makes the negotiations a little bit more difficult. And CJ Gardner Johnson betting on himself a little bit. And we'll talk about the revamped safety for the Detroit Lions, but it's a one-year eight million dollar contract in Detroit, who have added themselves some good defensive backs, some versatile players, and uh, it sounds like maybe he'll go full-time safety. Maybe that's what he wanted to find a team where he could stick in one spot rather than be a chess piece because Cam Sutton would fit well in the slot for Detroit, mm-hmm. right? Wouldn't oh, they? Yeah. Matt? I mean, you oh, know, for sure. from his times with the Steelers, or maybe they're gonna, you know, move some pieces around. They added Emmanuel Mosley as well to the secondary for the Detroit Lions. So really interesting move for both Detroit, who has have done a ton of work on their secondary, and CJ Gardner Johnson. Well, first of all, I think it sets up really well for the Lions, kind of like we talked about with the Cowboys. Of, 
I would just kind of concentrate on front seven in the draft. You know, maybe maybe draft quarterback. You know, I mean, like, you've done enough in the secondary that you kind of killed a need, which is great. You know, let's just sit back and get a compliment to Hutchinson. Maybe we'll get a better linebacker than Anzalone or a D-tackle or whatever, and you know, or something on a tight end possibly. But your needs are dwindling, and you can kind of sit back and take advantage of what the draft has to offer, which I think is really important this time of year. Um the elite players at every position get paid, but that's like Minka, Derwin, you know, at safety, you got to be a, a basically a pro bowler every year. I mean, Tennessee's already talking to Bayard about pay cuts already. I mean, what'd that guy do wrong? By the way, Bayard, and he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. He's he phenomenal. In that Jesse Bates conversation, right? Yeah. I look at his contract, one of the weirdest contracts, because he already got a big deal as being paid as one of the best safeties in the NFL. But his contract is like year to year. It's like, okay, this year it's seven million, then it's 14 million, and then it's eight million, and then it's 16 million. It's just like it's all over the place. So I think it's structured strange for the team. Mm, okay. It's part of it. And so the big years, the team's like, oh, this is one of the expensive years. Let's see if we can get him to restructure and like let's get a pay cut going here. And I don't blame him for not wanting to take a pay cut, but I don't know if he's gonna find it with other teams either because the safety market is so weird, even though buyers so are a really good player. And obviously, if you're the Titans. You don't want to give up players like that. And I'm, I'm sure some teams would want him, but I don't know if anybody wants his contract. So I don't know if trading him is an option either for the Titans. Right. And it's almost like safeties are you get paid like a tier one guy. There's no tier two. There might not even be a tier three. Right. <laughs> you're yeah. either a one or a four. You know? yeah, you're, like, you're signing on, for man. one year, six million, or you're one of the top guys. And we're going to yeah. pay you at the top of the market. and You're getting over 15 million per year. Right. I mean, it's crazy. And I think slot, as you mentioned, too, to start the segment is really at an interesting stage. Like the history of slot corners in the NFL, a book by Brian and Matt. <laughs> I mean, it's it, there's not many chapters. Slot corners weren't a thing when we were growing up. You know, like there's not a lot of history to slot corners. And then they were all the little guys that defended the Welkers of the world. Now you want the safeties, the Gardner Johnson types, you know, that are can deal with Kelsey or the bigger receivers. So their history isn't a long one, but I'm not suggesting that slot corners are the same as running backs, but especially little ones, they don't have a long shelf life. I mean, they got to, they got to take on a guard that's pulling at them or tackle Derrick Henry, you know? (laughs) That's part of it. So you have to be able to cover tight ends and running backs and slot receivers in the NFL because right. everyone's in sub, you know, but sub packages are the new base in the NFL. But it's a also, starter. Yeah, it's a starter. And a right. slot corner is a starter. And you also have to be able to stop the run with that sub package. So that right. guy has to stop the run. And you're, uh, if you're five, nine, 180 pounds and you're taking on pulling guards, that doesn't end well for your career at longevity. Right. right. So you need a bigger player. And so to me, the, the, to me, the smartest money being spent in the NFL is dynamic tight ends and guys like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who clearly we saw how much of a difference he made to both the Saints after they drafted him and the, the Philadelphia Eagles defense last year. To have a player that is that versatile to right. match up with your positionless offense uh, is really important. And if you don't have to pay those guys very much money, give me two stud tight ends at you know $11 million instead of paying you know one second tier wide receiver 19 million dollars per year and on defense you know give me those slot corners all day because they've got the toughest job in the league i 100 agree and, and he can also play too high and he can cover a tight end you know in man coverage or a mccaffrey he can hang with he can blitz he's okay versus the run 
I do question how long can slot defenders last in the league because it's a lot of – I mean, you're close to the ball, the ball and you're the smallest guy near the ball. I mean, the Nick Chubb is coming ball. down at you and you got to get him on the ground and you can't just dance out of the side or push him out of bounds. But still, I think those are the best values in the whole league right now. Just like you said, tight ends – I mean, their franchise tag's $11 million, let alone these big slot corner safety – Tyron Mathau type guys, you know, I mean, he was a little ahead of his time, you know, um, Jalen Ramsey is really that player. Now he's a star. He's near the line of scrimmage. He's, mm-hmm. and when, when I say star, he is a star, but I mean, they, he's also plays the star position. He's not yeah. revising it on an Island against Jerry Rice all day, you know, like Dion used to, I mean, he's near the line of scrimmage. And I find that really interesting. And even a year ago, Gardner Johnson, it was like exactly a year ago, gets traded to the Eagles. And all of us are like, man, my favorite team should have given up a fifth or sixth for him. You know, right. I mean, like, yeah. what's the, right. why is this guy so cheap? And I know he's a bit of a personality. I think that's <laughs> you know? right. like, probably a lot of teams are like, hey, he talks, he chirps a lot. And he's an interesting guy. And I think there was some infighting, you know, sure. with Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints. There were just the talent alone is not the reason he was traded out. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was anything major, but I think he did. You know, you see him create almost chaos on the field sometimes with other receivers and guys. Uh, who's the receiver that, that punched him in the helmet a couple of years was ago. It him or Thomas. It might've been Michael Thomas. I am not sure about that, but one of his teammates did. And it often right. happens on game day too. Yeah. And like, maybe he argued with one of his coaches as well. So there's, you know, there's some of that as well. So he's an interesting he guy. And it's hard for him to turn that off, but that's what makes him good on the field as well with that competitiveness. And he gets yeah. in other guys' heads. So interesting character and interesting position that he plays and he's very much a modern player and i love how he plays on the field he's one of my favorites I liked him at florida too and he fell in the draft i think because of his interesting personality so um lions as long as his personality fits and look dan campbell was there so he knows him uh, aaron glenn knows him too so yeah, right, there's right. some familiarity there we're like no he's cool but we can handle that personality as long as he brings it on the field so good sign I think they want that personality in detroit and again yeah. we already talked about this last week with the other corners they had already signed and now they add another versatile defensive back Pick number six for the Detroit Lions in round one. Very common for them to get the top cornerback on the board. Matt, you do have a fresh mock draft that I see I do. in my inbox, and I'm not trying to ruin it for the listeners. I don't want to ruin it for myself. I haven't looked at it yet, but I think we got to dig into a fresh mock draft post-free agency tomorrow and look at some of these things, including what maybe the Detroit Lions might be doing at number six. Yeah, I'm all for it. Um, again, I turned this in a couple of days ago, so it's hard to do mocks this time of year because the league changes so quick. But I don't think anything massive changes. You know, my, my outlook on it. If so, we'll address it tomorrow, of course. Um, last little nugget is, you know, when I do my safety, you know, research for this upcoming draft, people are starting to catch on. Like it, it, it's in the negative column if you can't handle the slot. You know, only single high, only strong, but isn't a slot cap capable player. All the top guys, especially you know the guy from Bama, Brand, all these guys are all highly slot capable. I mean, it's a job requirement now, right? And if you see those like okay, box safety, immediately I think, oh, can he put on five pounds to be a linebacker? Right, 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 right. He's to be two twenty-five, you know. Uh, real quick, Adam Thielen to the Carolina Panthers. He signed a three-year, $25 million contract, so got a little bit of money from the Panthers. And look, they Mm -hmm. need a veteran receiver there. They traded away their best wide receiver. They're going to draft a quarterback. You need someone who can catch passes. So I get the the need there. I don't know if if Thielen's the same guy he was. I know he's not the same guy he was. I don't know if he's going to see the year three of that contract. But um, I like just getting a veteran for Frank Reich to just, you know, catch footballs from whoever they draft there. and there was a couple other moves. The, the, the Steelers added an offensive lineman, Matt. 
Yeah, they, they did. Siamolo, uh, I still don't pronounce his name. Siamolo. Siamolo, yeah. So they've really addressed the interior of their O-line. They're getting big and physical. He was on a great O-line. He's a better athlete than people think. So they're making some under-the-radar moves I like. Um, and I think you nailed it with Thielen. I mean, he's not close to what he used to be. And even if he's almost shot, it's going to be a young group of receivers, an extremely young quarterback. You're bringing in a route runner that's been around the block. I mean, I, I think there's more value than what he does catching passes and running routes on game day. And good chance they're going to add more than one in the draft as well exactly. after they draft their quarterback with some of the picks they still have because they did have some extra picks from that Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. trade. And, you know, Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith, and, and Adam Thielen are your one, two, three. Not one of the best wide receiver groups in the NFL, even adding a veteran. So they're going to add oh. some more there. And again, we talked about it with Laramie Tunsil. Help out your young quarterback if you're going to go exactly. Draft. I mean, that, that goes back to the environment and who, what quarterbacks do well. I mean, I always talk about building the nest, a nice little soft landing spot for a quarterback to land. Well, not having any wide receivers or left tackles, not a nice nest. I lied. One more note. Uh, oh. Sean Murphy Bunting goes from the Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers to the Tennessee Titans on a one-year $5 million contract. Nice little deal for the Titans there on a on a pretty good player that I would have thought got deserved more than a one-year $5 million. So a show-me deal here for Murphy Bunting, I think. 100%. I mean, kind of back to that same situation where you can get some deals right now. Um, Tennessee, I think, is really going backwards. But the last couple of days, they've made a couple little moves here and there, I thought, that were shrewd. I think they know who they are, that it's going to probably be a long year. But getting some quality players without spending too much lately. And, of course, with all these teams that do have first-round picks, we'll check in on mm-hmm. Matt's latest mock draft tomorrow thanks everybody for making us your first listen make sure you are subscribed up on all of your platforms for free and youtube brand new youtube channel for peacock and williamson by the way make sure you subscribed up there and check out everything else on the network locked on nfl draft locked on scouting with the draft your team is covered right here on the locked on podcast network matt and i back tomorrow fresh mock draft right here Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.